Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. It was a devastating day for Chicago yesterday. We lost another Chicago police officer killed in the line of duty. The witness who called 911 is now claiming that children witnessed that. They were on the playground. He comes from a family of public servants, and we spoke with Caitlin Brenner from the 100 Club of Illinois. She was there with his wife last night offering assistance, any kind of assistance, whether that's emotional, financial. That's what the 100 Club of Illinois does. But it's it's hard not to think of those people that had to wake up this morning and put on a uniform and walk out the door or their family members. And we thought it might be good to have somebody on who's been in those shoes before, former lieutenant. Um, John Garrido, were, were you with the Chicago Police Department or another police department? Yeah, I was with the Chicago Police Department for 32 years. I just retired in November. And you retired to become a lawyer? I've been a lawyer since 2006, so I was doing that on the side. So now I'm a full-time attorney. So 32 years, you knew what it was like to get up and put that uniform on and and to work among people who on a day like today have to be feeling pretty heavy, a pretty heavy mood, right? Absolutely. It's it, To say it's heartbreaking is such an understatement. Uh, you know, we even if you don't know the officer personally, you you know the officer. Um, they're they're us. You know what I mean. We're, we see each other in roll call every day, and you know we don't go to work. Officers don't go to work uh, uh, fearing the worst. We know that it could happen, uh, but it's not something that's you know a thought in your mind. Uh, you're actually the family members are the ones that are thinking every time you walk out the door that something may happen. They're the ones that are actually more worried about you than the officers are worried about themselves. You just go out there and you do the job. And when you get the call, I, I just can picture, imagine this officer's in the car laughing with his partner talking. They get this call, they respond, and it ends in tragedy like this. And and there's no doubt it hurts. Absolutely. I could hear it in your voice. And And we all watched last night when hundreds of officers in uniform from many different departments, whether it was Illinois State Police, the Sheriff's Department, suburban departments, all gathered as quickly as they could to pay their respects. Tell me what that's like, because I know you've been there. Absolutely. Uh, when something like this happens, uh, the 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 family pulls together. The blue family comes together, and you do everything you can to give the officer's family that support that they need. And uh, I, I've spoken to family members before in these situations, and they, they really do say that it, it helps. I mean, obviously, nothing's going to replace, you know, having their loved one with them by their side alive. Um, but having that, that show of support uh, has great significance to the family. It really, really does mean a lot to them. And, and you know, and just like when you have, like, the 100 Club coming out of the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation, uh, you know, giving them, the, knowing that those resources are going to be there, that they're never going to forget, and they're going to be there for them going forward. Lieutenant, tell me how that works. Now, I, was, I left here yesterday before uh, the officer was confirmed dead, and I'm, I'm driving north on the Kennedy, and I see the blue lights coming south, uh, one by one, maybe five, six, seven squads through 45 minutes. And, you know, having been around a while, I knew what that meant, and I knew where they were going. Um, how, yeah. Is there a call that goes out on the radio, or how is it that all of that is... 
it's, performed. It's, almost, it's really almost automatic. Uh, they, they will, uh, you know, reach out and let the districts know uh, the condition, you know, if it's grave and, and what's happening. Uh, a lot of people, uh, you, even if they're off-duty officers that uh, have take-home cars, you know, they'll jump in the cars and go there. Uh, a lot of the exempt ranks, all the exempt ranks, usually they'll drop everything and start heading there, and then each district will start sending whatever cars that they can uh, to get down there to the hospital as soon as that they can. Because some people were, were thinking, oh, my gosh. comes out, too. People were texting in going, what is happening with all those all those law enforcement officers? There is a city being protected. But, of course, these people came from every part of Illinois. Right, exactly. Like what you said, it's not just the Chicago police officers. And, yes, the, the city is still being protected, of course. Well, that's, uh, that was my question, too. And, and you talked about the exempt officers going down and then the district sending cars they can spare. Correct. There's still cars on the street. Yeah, they, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt we're thin now. Uh, every district is uh, struggling for manpower, uh, but they, this is important. This is a priority. So uh, the, the officers that are in the district will step up to hold the line there, and uh, we send what we can. This is former Chicago Police Lieutenant John Garrido, who's a practicing attorney now. So when you see, you know, all the talk about who's going to be our next mayor and the number one issue being crime, as someone who put on a uniform for 32 years, what's your opinion on what needs to be done in this city? Uh, well, we we definitely need... Uh, so we need more officers, right? Uh, and the first question is, well, who's going to have, where, where's the money to hire more officers? Well, there's a really, really easy place to start, and that's with officer retention. Uh, last year, we lost 376 officers to uh, resignations, and they're leaving and going to other law enforcement agencies. So they're not leaving law enforcement, they're leaving Chicago law enforcement. And that was unheard of until about 2019 when it started uh, increasing 50 then, and then it just went up exponentially. The first thing we need to do is is change and and give some some stable leadership within the Chicago Police Department that will build morale and and hold on to these officers. You know, 350 officers that that don't retire this year is a significant impact on our department. And then flipping it around, it used to always be that the suburban departments uh, were losing their officers. That you know, when they would get the call to come to Chicago, they left and would come here. And now that's that's flipped on us. Uh, so turning that around will also make a significant impact. Uh, nothing's going to change overnight, of course, uh, but that's that's the direction that we have to go in. And when you hear uh, uh, people talking about defunding the police, and I know mean, they've kind of changed that rhetoric a little bit to where they don't mean to, you know, defund the police. They mean to reallocate resources. When you've got we're living in a, a, and I don't want to call it a war zone, but it essentially is when you have 700 people murdered and over 2,000 people shot in any given year, that's, these officers are on the front lines. They need that support. They need the extra manpower for them, for the community. Uh, and if you want to send counselors out with them to handle domestics, that's fine. But you can't take the resources from law enforcement to use for that. Find those resources elsewhere and support law enforcement. So anybody that's talking about reducing the size of our department or reducing the size of the budget is, in my opinion, not going to be good for our city or for the Chicago Police Department. And, John, is there enough support there for families, you know, through the the Memorial Foundation or the 100 Club of Chicago or whatever benefits come their way? I mean, do these families find a way to move forward after losing their loved one in the line of duty? They do. 
they do. The, the, the support is incredible, uh, especially with the two organizations you just mentioned, the Chicago Police Memorial Foundation and the 100 Club. Uh, they, they come in full speed ahead. There's uh, financial resources there. Uh, the, the children of officers that are, are killed in the line of duty, their school will be taken care of through college. Uh, and if you think about it, a, a child that's in kindergarten all the way through, that's, that's probably going to cost a million dollars for their entire lifetime of, of, you know, up through college age of, you know, what they're going to do to throw and support out there for that family. Uh, it's a lot. And thankfully, thank goodness that there's organizations like that that are out there. And the, this, the overwhelming support from the the community that helps support those organizations, and that's always appreciated. And does it does it make a difference if we see a cop today and we say, "Hey, thank you for your service," or buy them a cup of coffee? Does that have the impact that goodwilled people want it to have? You know, it does. Of course, it does. Yeah, I mean, uh, the officers aren't out there doing it for the thanks, but they do appreciate it when they get it. Uh, but I tell you, you know, the the bigger thing is is continuing that support when this doesn't happen. Right. Uh, you know, the, the frustrating thing is, I guarantee you, so this officer was able to shoot uh, the offender. The offender, I believe, is still alive. Uh, had this officer not been injured or killed in the line of duty, they, if, or, or uh, COPA would be, you know, launching their investigation. Well, and people just uh, would have forgotten about it. People would have well, forgotten about it. It Kim happens Fox all the be, time. Right. Kim Fox would be looking to press, you know, to prosecute. I mean, they, they would be, there'd be people protesting. They would want this, this poor kid on a platter. So, you know, we, we need that support when something bad doesn't happen. Thank this you so much for joining now. us. And thank you right. for your 32 years of service. Thank you for having me on the show.